Kim, whenever you're ready. Okay, am I holding? You can do a little, do a little welcome dance, and Eric will as well. All right. So I, thank you, thank you, Joel. Um, welcome to everyone to the audio description mini conference at this year's convention. Um, we kind of call this a mini conference, although we have major players that are going to talk to you today. Nothing's mini about our, our speakers for you. So, um, <laughs> And then next year in Chicago, we'll be planning a full-scale um, two-and-a-half-day, Joel, conference. Yeah, yeah. yeah, about two-and-a-half days of you know, breaking news, research, trends, developments, everything audio descriptions. So stay tuned for that. But for this year, we're happy to bring you a couple panels, three in fact, um, with a lot of information about what has been going on. And I am just so excited about everything that's happening with respect to audio description. Um, the ACB Audio Description Project is such a super productive um, committee with uh, seven or eight uh, subcommittees that are all working in different aspects of audio description. And every year we set out goals and Dan Spoon has been our taskmaster, I mean chair of the, <laughs> of the steering committee for the last several years. And we come up with a lot of goals and objectives under those goals. I think we had 46 for this year. Something like that, unbelievable. And we've checked off probably half of them already. Um, we just work our way through the list and at the end of the year we reevaluate where we've done, what we've accomplished, and then we start a new list. So those things that you write emails about on the listservs, if you're not on the ADP dash list, um, becoming part of the dialogue, you need to be and you can sign up from the acb.org website page where it talks about email lists and become part of the dialogue with all of us about audio description and what your questions are and what your issues are and your problems and your successes. That's what we want to hear. So um, again, we've had so much success and just there's so much going on. Um, my, most of my work has been on the side of the committee but to tell you more about what's been happening in the office with the staff, with Eric and Clark and Claire and Tony and everyone, I'm going to turn this over to Eric Bridges, our executive director. Thank you. Right. Put this down. Well, thanks, Kim. Uh, there has been a lot going on in the area of audio description. Uh, there's uh, activity uh, at the FCC, uh, Claire Stanley and uh, Tony Stevens are uh, members and alternate member of the Disability Advisory Committee. And so there's been activity going on there. Obviously you all are aware of our, our uh, unique uh, once, uh, I don't know, the, the audio description project page with all of the audio described content that we are aware of uh, in the US. Um, that, you know, it's fascinating to me. There are some of the largest tech companies in the world that are at our, our 
our convention this year. And many of the engineers that work for these companies tell me that when they're looking at audio-described content and acquiring more audio-described content or wondering what is audio-described so that they could go get it, they go to our page. They're not, they're not doing some awesome, you know, metadata, meta you know, thing where they're going and using algorithms to find stuff. They're utilizing the American Council of the Blind's audio description page. So um, the work that we've done over the last decade, and it's more than that, but intensively through the audio description project over the last decade, is bearing fruit. Um, you see it, actually you saw it if you were in here previously. Uh, the, the Apple event that was in here, uh, they, they played a commercial uh, to highlight a new, a new feature. And that commercial that they played for us was audio described. So uh, along with Microsoft and some other companies, um, you know, it's no longer just about movies. Uh, or TV shows. There are other ways that, that companies are finding, uh, you know, uh, allowing us to have equal access to the information that we're, that we're viewing. So it's pretty cool. And I think that, actually, I believe that ACB is, is the leader in this space. Um, we are respected. We're a trusted partner. And that's uh, come through many years of, of hard work and collaboration. So. Just want to welcome everybody, and uh, let's have fun. Great. Thanks, Eric. I'm Joel Snyder. I'm the director of the Audio Description Project for the American Council of the Blind. And, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> we are in our 11th year. We've been around doing this for 10 years, and we've had some great programs, and you heard a bit, a bit about them this morning. But today... We've got uh, three panels that I think with, with all-star casts in all three panels. First, we're going to focus on audio description accessibility and technology. This is an open forum with representatives from major providers of uh, broadcast, of description, and streaming services as well. You, you know, the audio description is the future. I'm telling you, we're going to see an explosion of description and we're going to see an explosion and changes in the way description is accessed and that has to do with technology to a great extent. We are very fortunate to have with us uh, for this first panel Mark Balsano from Charter Spectrum. Uh, do we have uh, Tom Ludkowski? Yeah, Mark Balsano! Hey! Tom Ludkowski is here from Comcast. Yay, Tom Ludkowski, a good friend. Of course, Zach Bastian from Verizon. Yeah, that's right. Eric Bridges, you know already, he's here. We couldn't ask for a, a better champion of description. Uh, uh, Peter Korn is even with us from Amazon. <laughs> they have been great supporters of description. So with that, let me just go down the line um, in the order that uh, we have in our program here. And I'll ask, in particular, I guess Mark and Tom and Zach, I want to hear uh, about your work with accessible set-top boxes, if any. Uh, what's available, current issues, 
current accomplishments? What's working with respect to accessibility to programming through Charter Spectrum, through Comcast, and through Verizon? Uh, Mark, do you have a, a microphone there? Fantastic. Share with us a little bit about um, what you're doing. Good afternoon. So um, I'm glad to be here, and let me talk a little bit about um, just my position and where we are with um, Charter, our customer-facing piece of Spectrum Cable. So I'm the VP of Accessibility. Um, I've been at Charter, believe it or not, a year today. So today's my year anniversary. Um, I started at AT&T. I was there 40 years. I started the Cato program at AT&T, which was the accessibility program. So that was my claim to fame until I got to Charter. So I'm creating a new program at Charter that's going to be um, you know, equal to what we created at AT&T. So my team, it's unique. Um, I've got a team of about 30. About 60% of my team have disabilities, um, including myself who is low hearing, so we can test the products and services the way we need to test when, when things are released. Um, the team, we are actually located in the design team, which has been a great space um, because we are in the, in the beginning stages of a product. When someone's thinking about a product or a service, we are there uh, from the beginning, my team is, to think about accessibility. So it's a great space for us to be in, but I will tell you it's um, a difficult space for the rest of the company when we come to marketing, when we come to originals, when we come to other things, because um, not everyone has insight into the design team, right? Not everyone has a connection to the design team. So part of my job is it's enterprise-wide to create an accessibility program and make sure that we touch everything. So our mission is obviously to make our products and services accessible for all. Um, and I'm working on building a culture that, where we just think about accessibility as that's what you have to do. It's not a choice. It's not because it's the law. It's because it's the right thing to do. It's just because of what we do, right? So that's where we're trying to develop that culture. It's not there yet. We've got a long way to go, but we're working really uh, hard and, and as quickly as possible to make those things happen. We do... Um, as far as audio description goes, we're, we're behind. Um, the, and, and I think uh, Tom and Zach probably would confirm, but when you start talking about set-top boxes, you talk about millions of set-top boxes in the field that are obsolete when it comes to new technology. Um, so you have people that have set-top boxes they've had in their home. Most of them have, um, from our perspective, we bought three companies and combined them into one. Um, so we're, you know, we still have some of the legacy systems um, and set-top boxes in the field. And part of the issue is most of them have two channels. So you can have, you can have English and Spanish, you can have English and DVS, you can have English and something else. But that's, that's, they're pretty limited. So from our perspective at Spectrum, we're looking at other options um, until the technology gets fixed. So as we build new platforms, as we build new set-top boxes, these things are being considered and being cared for. Um, so the future is bright. But what do we do until that happens? Because, um, you know, running a company, and, and as a cable company is, uh, um, the size of ours, is like turning a ship. It doesn't happen in a second. It takes a long time to turn that ship. So we're looking at many, many things right now um, from an from a audio description on what we can do. So some of the things we're looking at is obviously a second device um, where you could listen and to audio description on an iPad or some other device, which can be helpful, 
we're looking at a couple of companies that already offer this service and seeing what we can do to combine that where we already, um, but we can move quickly into audio description. We do meet all the requirements for audio description as far as live TV goes and all those things, but that's not good enough. We're not just wanting to meet the obligations. We're wanting to go further, um, and like, on, like on demand. So also, by the way, Eric, and, and you know I've said this before, but we do recommend the ACB site um, for audio description as a company. We, when people ask us where, to, where is the best place to go to get information on where, what shows are audio uh, described, we definitely recommend the site. So thank you for the work you've done there. So, Joe, I don't know that, how far That's great, to Mark. Do you want me to keep on talking? Or well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have all the time in the world. Let's, well, no, thank you. Thank you. I, I bet we're going to have some questions. Uh, and we're going to wait till the end, till we hear from everybody. So maybe take note, make note of your, your thoughts and questions. Thank you, Mark, for that update on, on Charter. Uh, let's hear what Mr. Lutkowski has to say about what the, the good work they're doing at Comcast. Can you pass the microphone down? He's got it. I have it. There you go. Thanks, Tom. Hey, Joel. How are you? Um, so good afternoon, everybody. And it's great to be here again uh, at the uh, ADP conference here within ACB. Um, so we'll give you a little bit, just maybe some of you have heard my sponsor presentation this morning, so I don't want to retread, but I'll, I'll quickly, quickly kind of focus on, on some of the things that we're doing with description uh, and then kind of go, go from there. Um, just to recap, um, I'm the VP of Accessibility for Comcast. Uh, like Mark, my job is to make sure that we build inclusive experiences for all customers. Uh, and that means we cut across the entire company. Um, so one minute you could be talking about a set-top box and how we're going to make content accessible or an interface accessible. And the next meeting could be about home security, home automation, and you know some other public policy type thing that, like the FCC's uh, Disability Advisory Committee. So uh, one day is never the same as the next, and that's what keeps this this job fun. Um, I have a team uh, that does everything from uh, defining requirements and working across with our product groups to get those requirements into uh, real actual enhancements. Uh, and quality assurance testing, uh, training, uh, helping develop solutions. Uh, and so we kind of cut across uh, all of that, which I think most people here at this table would, would do the same in the way that makes sense for their culture. I agree with Mark that it is about the culture, and one of the things today that we just announced internally is a rollout of a training to 6,000 product people across the company. It's a self-guided online training that is required, uh, so that means managers and everybody else will get a report whether you completed it or not, and we'll get a report. Um, and that's big news, right, because we, we've done a lot of training in the past, but you know, we've been at this now for seven years, created the Accessibility Office in June of 2012, and um, you know, a lot of growth has happened. You know, we acquired several companies and recently acquired Sky in the UK, uh, and so it's time for us to make sure that everybody is uh, on the same page in terms of our commitment to inclusive design, what is inclusive design, how do we go about doing it, uh, and so this training will help get us there. Uh, in terms of description, a few things that we've done. Um, created the video description collection page. 
which essentially aggregates everything that we know about on our network uh, or that can be accessed from our network with audio description. So that includes live TV. It includes uh, on-demand. We increased our on-demand library of content from 800 to 1,200 titles, and that continues to increase. Uh, over the past year, uh, NBC content, uh, TV shows, when they're made available on demand, uh, we, we do have a version of those shows that are made available on demand. Uh, we can talk about on demand that presents lots of interesting challenges uh, in terms of, of how content is delivered, which is a little bit different from streaming, so that, that might make for an interesting conversation down the road uh, today, if we have time. And, uh, and then certainly content that's available on uh, third-party partners like Netflix and uh, soon to be other major partners that are already on our service. Um, so beyond that, uh, we've been doing a lot of work with on-demand. Uh, and the quality of audio for description, I, in my view, is, is something that is lacking considerably. So we just uh, completed a process, uh, a new workflow of how partners, networks, movie studios f feed us content. Uh, and in the past, you know, we were forced to choose between Spanish and audio description. And when you had audio description files, it was a mono file, right? Only came out of your left channel. So what was the point of spending money on your AV receiver when you only got it out of the left channel? I'm happy to say that now with Comcast and Xfinity X1, you can get description with 5.1 surround sound. Uh, so, this is, um, so that's big. Um, we want to, uh, in, you know, uh, talk about how do we can, how can we isolate the description track as well. So we're investing in uh, uh, some Bluetooth audio, uh, so we can get one audio stream to, you know, a Bluetooth headset or an iPad and. Uh, your your main uh, you know uh, AV system could get the default program audio. That's that's something that we're working on uh, right now. Uh, making it easier to enable. Uh, so all you have to say is shows with video description. You can get to the collection page. You can say video description or audio description, and we'll turn on or off that feature uh, into your voice remote with X1. And um, you know I'll stop there. I think there's some challenges I'd love to get into in this panel. Um, TV listings, and we'll cover that, and you guys will cover that in the second panel, that metadata, how do we get accurate metadata? Certainly the audio description project page is, is our uh, you know, kind of guide, but there's more we can do there. Um, and then I think also uh, how can we uh, expand content uh, with description and make it more scalable? I think those are some of the areas that perhaps the industry uh, can collaborate on to, to move the needle forward. Joel? That's great, Tom. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, audio quality. Uh, I'm, I'm sitting up here. I'm one of those sighted people. I can see my friend Chris over here, who's one of the finest audio editors that I know. He's totally blind. And boy, did he start nodding when you talk, talked about audio quality, Tom. Let me tell you, that's a great, uh, great idea, isolating the audio voice control, but I have to ask you, Tom, with that training initiative, what a great idea. Would you mind including movie theater ushers in that uh, uh, program, <laughs> movie theater personnel? 
Tom, Tom just committed the company to doing that. <laughs> there you go. You know, I think people are a little tired of getting headsets in movie theaters that are set for uh, amplified audio and, and no audio description. Oh, boy. I'm, or, yeah, close all of that. Yeah. Uh, thank you. I had to in, interject there. Zach Bastian. Tell us a, a bit about uh, where Verizon is on all of this. Great. Uh, Please. Thanks, thanks so much for the friendly welcome, Joel. Um, I, this is a great topic for us to discuss because um, looking back on it, first of all, my first exposure to accessibility professionally, um, many moons ago, I actually worked at Time Warner Cable before it became Charter Spectrum. And one of the first accessibility-related projects I was exposed to was the campaign that you guys might remember that Comcast did called Emily's Oz, where uh, they had a national ad campaign featuring a young woman who was blind, uh, describing her, listening to a audio description, uh, described version of her favorite movie, The Wizard of Oz, and then they created these life-size fiberglass figures of the characters from The Wizard of Oz as Emily described them. It was just an incredible initiative, something that really vividly told the story of this, pers this person's individual experience and the way that they engage with this work and made clear to this national audience that blind people love movies. They get plenty out of them. And the more that you do to make that information accessible, to make sure that they have a chance to fully participate in that experience, you're just including this whole new audience that's going to be very valuable to you. So it's great and a privilege to appear on such a distinguished panel. And in fact, when I first came aboard at Verizon a few years ago, uh, and Eric and I got lunch for the first time, he said, you know, I've never been to Basking Ridge before, and I know you guys are doing text-to-speech, and I want you to invite me to Basking Ridge. <laughs> Which I did. Um, so uh, Eric and Paul Schrader, then with American Foundation for the Blind, all made the trip up to Verizon's corporate headquarters in Basking Ridge. And Eric got to see an early version of our text-to-speech tool, which is now available on Fios. And what he had to offer on that topic and his commitment to this issue and sterling advocacy on behalf of your community has really been such a great asset for Verizon. So um, we do have uh, audio description on our uh, Verizon Fios platform. Um, the text-to-speech feature is enabled and available if you want to use it. We can have plenty of handy consumer guides on how it works at verizon.com slash accessibility. Um, we work with GraceNote to pass through the information about which programs are audio described. Uh, we're very intrigued by some of the things that are going on at the Disability Advisory Committee right now, which I'm going to touch on in just a moment that's relevant to the topic. I also wanted to discuss some of the things that are going on in the Verizon media side of the house on this topic, because some of you might know um, we had a merger a couple years ago with AOL and Yahoo, uh, which is now called Verizon Media. And for those of you who have had the chance to spend time with some of those folks, they have a really fabulous accessibility team. Um, one guy uh, there over, over there in particular, Larry Goldberg, has been working on the topic since WGBH in the 70s. So he's a real old hand at it, but he continues to drive forward and has a real commitment to innovation on the topic that's just been such a wonderful asset for Verizon pulling that in-house. So two things that he's been engaged on that I think are relevant to this topic. 
Uh, first of all, something that Larry's been working on with his team is looking at automatic uh, image recognition and using that for audio description purposes. Obviously, that's a pretty nascent technology at this point, and trying to transition from being able to have an algorithm do a reliable interpretation of a stale image, it's a big technical transition to move from that to a fluid image. So uh, definitely more to come there, but something that's very exciting that they've seen a lot of results from. And those kinds of technical innovations are the things that we really try and monitor and uh, have a great interest in because obviously uh, there are a lot of great audio describers out there, but the more that you can automate that, that just means that there's a greater volume of content that can be accessible. So that's in everyone's best interest to being able to automate that as much as possible. The other thing uh, that I wanted to cover right really quickly is something that we have coming up next week called our XR Access Symposium. And for those of you who don't know, XR is a broad bucket of virtual and augmented reality. So what we've done um, with our Verizon Media colleagues is pulled together the symposium that's going to be taking place in New York next week. We've got a lot of big players in virtual and augmented reality. Oculus is going to be there. Samsung is going to be there. Um, we have many different uh, large technology companies with an interest and also um, advocates on these issues, technologists with an expertise in disability. And the idea is um, these formats are growing. There's a lot of interest in them. There's a lot of content being produced for them. There is not, at this point, a methodical approach to how do we make this content accessible. So uh, virtual and augmented reality are an area that's really ripe for a smart, methodical approach on how do we audio describe this to make this format as accessible as possible. So they're looking to come out of this group uh, with some draft principles and start seeing if they can get some industry collaboration on the topic. So hopefully next time ACB has me uh, to discuss this, I'll have more to add, but I'm very excited for that and just the broad interest in how we can bring to bear our resources and innovation on accessibility generally. Um, I'll, I can talk about that for hours, but audio description is definitely in that bucket. So uh, thanks so much for your time, and it's great to be here from Verizon. Great. Thanks, Zach. And say hello to our friend Larry Goldberg. We all know Larry and his great work at WGBH over the years. So certainly give him our warm regards. And um, let's, um, let's turn uh, now to uh, a consumer of description and someone who's he's made it his business to know uh, What's going on with all the major providers of description? What's the latest with technology? What, Eric Bridges, can you speak to, to some of that and, and tell us what's going on with some of the other providers? What's on the cutting edge with respect to description and, and streaming and broadcast, et cetera, et cetera? And I'll give you the microphone. Well, of course, I know everything about this. Yes. Let me, let me just pontificate for a while here. <laughs> yeah, of course, Joel. Yeah, no, uh, um, I think at a at a high level, um, we're in as good a place as we've ever been uh, for described content. Um, you've got obviously the four networks and the five top uh, cable channels and the requirements from the CVAA, which um, that that's all well and good. But where the real action is. Um, is in an area where the CVA doesn't necessarily touch um, 
streaming services with regard to audio description requirements. Uh, you take a look at Netflix and over the last four years what they've been able to do in particular uh, concerning their own original series. Um, it's been pretty amazing. Uh, you know, from you know the early days of doing the description with House of Cards when that was like the all the rage, um, and then on through you know to today, Stranger Things, um, and along the way, a series that was described both in English and in Spanish, Narcos. That's that's pretty cool. Um, so there's a lot of content out there. There's more content out there than there's ever been before. Um, in original series, you, you look at, uh, you know, the, the stuff that Amazon is doing. Uh, we finally were able to get Hulu's attention. Um, and there is, there is content, described content on Hulu's uh, website now, which is great. And there's going to be a hell of a lot more uh, in the next couple of years which is awesome. I think the key to a lot of this, from my perspective, is it's one thing to have audio-described content. That's all well and good, and I'm a huge consumer of audio-described content. But how do you get to it? Is, is the inter user interface that you're interacting with uh, enabling you to easily access that content? And uh, you, you know, we look to the future, and Apple is going to have its own streaming service, Disney, AT&T, uh, and others over the next year. And so there, there are commitments that I've heard from these companies to do audio-described content. I believe them. Uh, the, the next question is, whatever it is they're going to build, is that going to interface well with the technology that, that you and I use on a daily basis? That's a, and that's a question that um, you know, I've, I've asked at, at conferences like CSUN and M Enabling. And some folks are further, some companies are further along with this than others are. Um, it's, it's my expectation that ACB will have a, a seat at the table as, as this stuff is being betaed um, so that we can provide our feedback. Um, these companies that, that are going to be uh, introducing these streaming services are, uh, you know, we've, we've got good relationships uh, with them uh, historically. And so this isn't, uh, this isn't like a warning to them or anything, but it's just, um, you know, with their commitment to audio description, there also has to be this other component, which is we need to be able to access it independently and easily in a, in a usable, uh, stress-free sort of way so that we can pay the 10 bucks a month for the, you know, for the service and then go pay another 10 bucks a month and then go pay another 10 bucks a month for four or five services. <laughs> Some of this stuff is kind of crazy just as a consumer, not just as a blind person, but it's like, oh my gosh, where are we going to, where are we going to throw our dollars this year? Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's it's um, constantly moving, uh, changing. Um, the the old days of well, you know, description's just too hard or it's too expensive is what we used to hear forever and ever and ever. 
from the fine folks at the Cable Television Association and others. Um, you know, now it's everywhere. And, and it's everywhere where it isn't required. Isn't that funny? Um, and, it, and it just happened just within the last few years that all this came about. So, and a lot of it has to do with ACB. Proud of that. Yeah, that, that is a little funny. You know, most major films come out now, Eric, as you know, with description. And that has a little bit to do with the ADA, I think, and, and accessibility of, of uh, uh, physical sites, uh, that, like movie theaters. But yes, we used to hear all the time, oh, audio description? Whoa, that's really expensive. And we're, we're hearing this from film producers who throw out $100 million to produce a film with a marketing budget alone of 20, 30 million dollars. And um, audio description at, say, 5,000 is too much. Um, oh, boy. Anyway, you got me going there, Eric. Boy, that was great. We're going to come back to you. I want to I hear from you and, and others. I see Will Shell in the audience from the FCC. I want to hear about a CVAA 2.0 and whether or not it should cover streaming services, et cetera, et cetera. Or do, does it need to? We have such relationship, good relationships, as you said, uh, Eric, uh, with folks. And we have real good relationships with uh, Peter Korn at Amazon. And uh, Peter, let us know what's, uh, what's the latest at, you got, yeah, you got a microphone. What's the latest at Amazon? I, I know one big, uh, one big thing that's the latest that Amazon is sitting at one of the tables right in front here, and I'm sure you're going to talk about that. So, Well, thank you so much. It is, it is a real uh, pleasure and delight to be back at ACB and at the Audio Description Project. I have to say one of our, one of our newest, um, I don't know if I would call it an access feature, but we are delighted, I am personally delighted to have Josh Mealy uh, joining Amazon earlier this year. Uh, bringing his, his towering expertise in audio description and many other things uh, to Amazon. And uh, he's already been having a, a very substantial effect on the Prime Video team. Uh, so before we get uh, sort of into uh, some of the new things, I'd love to just get um, a sense from the audience with your applause. Um, how many of you watch Prime Video with audio descriptions? How many of you are doing it on a Fire TV of some flavor? Excellent. Or on an Apple uh, TV or iOS device? Excellent. Uh, anyone doing so on a Fire tablet? All right. All right. Good. Cool. Well, so um, to, to start on the, on the technology side, as, as Eric was pointing out, it's really important that the technology that we use to enjoy movies is, is not only accessible, but it should be delightful to use. It should be a pleasure to turn on my device and, and find what I want to watch and then watch it. And so a lot of what we've been doing in that regard is uh, we've created our own screen reader. Some of you may have heard of Voice View. You can applaud. <laughs> Um, and, you know, VoiceView is on Fire OS. Fire OS is the operating system of our Fire tablet, of our Fire TV. 
And FireOS is a derivative of Android, but we've been busy extending the accessibility framework that came in Android uh, as it exists on our Fire devices to really help make the, the very cinematic and uh, fairly complex visual user interface of things like Fire TV really work well with uh, voice view and, and our other access features, and we've got developer documentation so that when uh, my friends here on, on my left from Comcast and, and Verizon and Spectrum um, have their apps with audio description eventually on Fire TV that they can uh, really utilize that developer information to make it a fantastic experience. Um, we also have a magnification uh, system on Fire TV. We've uh, recently improved that magnifier to, to have a, a, a locator function. So as you magnify in and out, uh, it'll give you a sense of where on the overall screen you are. The magnifier works hand in glove with voice view if you want to use the two together so that as you're navigating with, with voice view, the magnifier is tracking uh, along with you. And voice view is, is um, one of the few, um, I don't know if it's the only um, television or set-top box based screen reader that has a review mode built in. So you can review the entire screen from top to bottom. You can uh, spell actors' names, uh, complete with phonetic spelling and all of that rich functionality. And just recently we added uh, verbosity settings to voice view on Fire TV, so you can choose how, how talkative or not it is, the order in which you hear things like role and state and, and other information. A voice view is on every Fire TV we've ever made. Uh, voice view wasn't available when we first launched Fire TV, but with what we call an over-the-air update, we enhanced the millions of original Fire TV set-top boxes with voice view and with magnification, so every one of the many millions of Fire TV boxes out there uh, has all of our access features. doesn't matter how long ago you bought it. Um, Fire TV is also, uh, this, this, this technology is also available in physical televisions. We've got a relationship with Best Buy, um, and they are selling 20 models of televisions from Toshiba and Insignia, ranging in size from 24 inches to 55 inches, raising, ranging in list price from $150 to $450, every one of them with uh, audio description support, the voice view screen reader, the magnifier, uh, Alexa, uh, all, all working together, all delivering uh, not only prime video, but uh, over-the-air broadcast and broadcast audio description, uh, providing access to Netflix and uh, Hulu and many, 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 many other video services, all uh, accessible with voice view and magnification. Um, I should also mention that, um, as we heard from the applause earlier, many folks are enjoying Prime Video on devices not made by Amazon. Prime Video is available on well over a hundred different types of devices, whether it's 
uh, smart TVs from Samsung or um, set-top boxes from um, uh, Roku uh, or, of course, our, our good friends at Apple. And I wanted to let you know that we've been working closely with uh, Comcast and Prime Video is available on Xfinity X1. And all of these places, if they have some kind of screen reader or text-to-speech functionality, Prime Video works well with that functionality and is completely accessible on those devices. Uh, in the last year, we've introduced a number of new Fire TV products. We have the Fire TV Cube, which is the love child of a Fire TV and an uh, Amazon Echo Dot. So you can now have um, a set-top box that you control with your voice from the comfort of your couch without needing a remote um, in your hand to, to navigate the user interface and uh, find movies. We have a 4K stick for $49.99. And we've introduced the Fire TV Recast, which is a digital video recorder with either a 500 gigabyte or terabyte hard drive, two or four television tuners that can record um, over-the-air broadcast TV and then stream that to your Fire TV or your phone over the internet. And of course, we capture and store and stream uh, audio-described content. I want to pivot now just briefly to what we're doing on the content side. Uh, I know this is a um, talk focused more on the technology and, and devices, but what's the point of devices if you don't have content? Um, everything that Amazon Studios makes is described as it comes from the studio at launch. Furthermore, we have nearly 600 titles now in our described catalog, every one of them up on the ACB audio description website, which we love. And, um, we, and when, we, when we say a title, a title could be all five seasons of 10 episodes per season of Bosch, for example, one of our shows. So this is actually uh, thousands of hours of described content from Prime Video. Uh, I just want to close with noting that uh, one of the things that we've done with Prime Video is we have this thing called Prime Video Channels. This is especially valuable on things like Fire TV, but it's available um, more and more wherever you see Prime Video, where you can view content from third parties like Hulu or Netflix or CBS through the Prime Video interface. So if you like the Prime Video interface, you can use that to browse the catalog and launch it rather than launching the Netflix app and having to navigate through Netflix. And that gives you what we call content integration. If I say to Alexa, I'd like to watch Stranger Things. Well, Stranger Things is on Netflix, not on Prime Video. It doesn't matter we will provide it to you through that interface. So it makes it that much easier 
to find what you want wherever it may be through Prime Video. Thanks. Wow, that's great, Peter. That's great. I want you to know I have two Alexas at, at home, two Alexa units. Just one Alexa, I guess. I don't know. And I love, we have a very close relationship, me and Alexa. It drives my wife crazy. But if I, if I went home and said, Alexa, play XYZ Prime Video, just the audio with audio description, boy, I'd love to have that happen. What, what do you, what do you, oh, Chris, getting some applause there. I'm not the only one. What do you think? Could that, could that be somewhere in the offing? You know, at Amazon, we have a long-standing policy of not commenting on, on unannounced products, but, but I can say that um, you are not alone in that desire. I can say that many Amazon employees who are using audio description, uh, including many of our, our blind employees who are deeply involved in the development of uh, Prime Video and Voice View and so on, all very much want that feature too, and that Amazon strives to listen to customer requests and meet uh, what our customers desire. So I will simply have to ask you, in the words of Amazon PR, to stay tuned. <laughs> That's good enough. That's good enough. And, and listen, if you guys get, get going on that, can audio movies be too far behind? You know, can we, for, for sighted folks who want to watch a movie in their car when they're on a long trip or, or wherever or whenever, anyway. Um, it does work. Uh, you say, go ahead. Talk, talk. Say that into the microphone there. So um, you can today um, watch a Prime Video show or just listen to a Prime Video show on your mobile device. If you right, happen right. to have an iPhone, you can start streaming Prime Video. Prime Video audio will continue even as you otherwise put the device to sleep, just like you can continue listening to music with the device otherwise asleep. And if you've turned on audio description, you will get there you that. There you go. Well, that's a, that's a great workaround, actually. I, did not, I didn't think about that. that. That is one way to do it. We have about 15, 20 minutes for, uh, for which is a luxury, really, in a way, to, to hear from you guys. And you must be, I've been jotting down all kinds of things that I'm eager to ask these folks. Uh, but I want to start with you all, and I see Carl Richardson with his hand up. Why am I not surprised? You work with studios to get their content, and with theatrical releases, with audio description, which you do a good job with. But I didn't hear you, there's a lot of TV shows that are both in the past and present being audio described because of the CVAA. Where are you on also requesting audio description files for your TV titles that you have on demand? Um, we, are, we are asking it of everyone. Um, there, you know, it's, it, de depending upon where the content comes from, it may come from an intermediary or a third party who doesn't have the description, even though it was created by the show. Depending upon how we're filling things out, we may be getting it directly from NBC, CBS, or from a, a third party that's aggregating it. But we are asking it of everyone. We are going back. One of the things that we 
love the audio description pages for at ACB. Uh, we are going back to studios and say, hey, uh, there's description here. We can tell because it's listed on the audio description project pages, and you didn't give it to us. What's with that? So uh, if any of you are following the, uh, the updates um, from the audio description page, you may notice that last week we added another 63 titles uh, to our catalog with description, and that's come from us going back to existing studios and saying, we asked for this before, and we, you, you didn't give it to us, but now, look. <laughs> Hurry up with that. Hi, thank you guys for coming. I really appreciate it. Um, my question is, um, I hope I word it right, but it's, it's about some um, Netflix content, and I know Netflix is not here, but I thought maybe um, for any Amazon um, originals and Apple originals shows, this might be applicable. Um, so in Netflix, so you've been coming up with original material that's anime, and I noticed that um, it's really great that the anime that they're coming up with is in English, but the audio description track is in Japanese. And so, I mean, it's great. I'm so thankful that they get to hear it, but I'm not being able to follow along with it. So I, it's, I don't know if, um, if, when, if Amazon or Apple might do any anime-related things. If you do audio description in Japanese, is there any way to also provide it in English? Because that would, I mean, a lot, that's a big genre that a lot of people like. Th thank you very much for coming. Or offer Japanese lessons. Peter, did you want to? Sure. Uh, so we've got a number of, of kids' shows that are Amazon originals. I think some of them are animated. I'm not sure I would call them anime, just from the, the specifics of the, of the Japanese approach to animation. But uh, again, 100% of our kids' shows are audio described uh, since we started doing description a year and some ago. And in English. You know what you make me think of? That's a great question. Uh, and, and, and again, we have Will here from the FCC. When are we going to have on broadcast television more than two secondary audio program tracks? Why shouldn't we be able to hear a show in Spanish, hear it with the description, hear it with Spanish description and in Spanish, hear it uh, Japanese anime with English audio, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that is somewhere in the Tom, future. Tom has an answer to that. Oh, please, like. Tom. So uh, you can do that today already, Joel, with X1 on demand. Where there you go. If we get if we get audio files, it really comes down to you know, in a linear broadcast, you know, you you can, you know, there's different limitations, and and over the air broadcast offers different options because of the advanced television systems committee specification versus where cable is. To Mark's point earlier about dealing with you know, legacy issues, and ultimately everybody's moving to all IP, internet right. you know, delivered content. Uh, and so a lot of these problems will go away uh, and resolve in, in, in a much better way. But we still have this transitional period. But for X1 customers with on-demand, programmers can feed us you know, multiple audio tracks, and we have them in our settings where you could select Spanish. That's why we have an you know, audio description setting independent of Spanish uh, because they can coexist peacefully now. 
at least in the on-demand world. And, and so I think what you're talking about is already starting to evolve. No, that's right. Evolve. Oh, it, it, thank you, Tom, because it is different between on-demand or streaming versus broadcast versus cable. There are technical issues that have to be dealt with. Uh, but thank you, Tom, for that reminder. I appreciate that. Yes, we have a couple questions in the front. Yeah, go ahead. You've got yes, the microphone. Uh, this is Kathy Casey from Albany, and I um, recently, finally, got the accessible top box for Charter slash Spectrum. Uh, when I first got it, <clears throat> they said, oh, no, you can't get the accessible box because you're still on the legacy system. So I'm like, okay, what do I have to do? Well, you got to call Spectrum and change your account over to Spectrum, blah, blah, blah. Finally got the accessible box, and I'm using the little remote, and I'm going up through. And I only can go as far as the on-demand channel, and the remote won't go any further. So I have to manually plug in the, the channel I want, which is fine. That's no problem. But my question is, is the on-demand, um, when I want on-demand, it says on-demand unavailable right now. Please try later. And it's been like that for about a month. And I don't, do I need to call Spectrum and have them, the accessibility people, and have them straighten that out? Or I don't know what the issue is. Yeah, and I'm not sure of the issue either, but I'm gonna give you my card before I leave and call me and we will get it straightened out for you. We'll get a technician to work on it and right. see what's going on, because it shouldn't do that. All there right, you go. So you, you have the Spectrum Guide, you have the new Spectrum yes, Guide Yes, I have box. the Spectrum Guide and um, it works really well. Sometimes we get uh, double speech. It, it doesn't keep up with it and it'll, <laughs> it'll repeat it twice. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Uh, it finally straightens itself out, but it's, uh, it's, I'm faster than it is. Well, you're lucky, Kathy. You got Mark here. Uh, he is the man uh, for Charter Spectrum, and he'll address your issue, I'm sure. Uh, yes, in the back there, and I see, and Dan. Yes, will be next. I wanted to share something with you. I'm from Canada, and uh, recently our um, Canadian Radio and Television uh, Telecommunications Commission. Uh, has um, made a ruling that broadcasters must uh, have all prime time programs described, which is awesome. However, the problem is that some prime time programs are purchased by our broadcasters from the main U.S. broadcasters, right. and they are saying that the broad the, the um, programs that they purchase from the U.S. do not have description, therefore they can't be described for prime time, so they're asking, um, they're, they're saying they can't, it can't be done until they, in the time, because they get it maybe the day before it airs. So I wanna encourage all of you in the U.S. to advocate with your networks to describe those programs so that our broadcasters can do what they have been asked to do. Hear, hear. Absolutely. Peter, you've got a, a thought about that? We, we've just, I've had a number of conversations with our friends in the UK. A lot of the prime video engineering team is in the UK. Uh, and it was interesting to learn that, that BBC and others had exactly that problem. Um, and they chose to pay for descriptions themselves for American shows when shown in the oh, UK. Yeah. The problem, of course, is, is when the, you Timing. have that time delay there. Um, exactly. I mean, maybe, maybe, you know, the Canadians can do the description and they just got to get the program 
three, three days earlier, so I, I don't know. That's just off the top of my head. But maybe Dan Spoon can speak to it. Or you've got your own question there. Oh, thank you, Joel. Well, and, and once they audio describe it, maybe we can have uh, Amazon or Apple pick it up and then offer it with audio description back there in the go. U.S. There you go. <laughs> Why not? We'll just hear with a Canadian uh, accent, eh? <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, Jeff Bezos is quite a visionary, and I heard, Tom, I heard Tim Cook just two months ago state that in 10 years we will think of Apple as a healthcare company. And one of the biggest challenges we have as blind people are audio description for medical equipment, which is a little off topic for media, but it is audio description. And so where do you all see the industry going with all the devices that are available in the home now, wearables, do you see a time, in, hopefully in the fairly near future, when Apple and Amazon can offer audio for those type of devices? Uh, we have already now hundreds and hundreds of devices that work with Alexa. And we recently, it's a little bit off topic, but uh, we recently uh, started shipping uh, an Alexa, an Amazon Basics microwave oven <laughs> that works with Alexa, and that oven is actually two products in one. It's the oven itself, which you can control with Alexa, and it's a hardware development kit and chip that we are offering to any hardware company, whether it's a glucose meter or a washing machine or anything, that wants to integrate with Alexa to make that integration very inexpensive, very, very easy, uh, and we are strongly encouraging its adoption and use. And uh, I would invite you to go to the manufacturer of the glucose meter, the manufacturer of any product that you would like to use with Alexa and say, hey, you know, Amazon has some some stuff to make that really easy, go to developer.amazon.com uh, slash Alexa and you'll find all of these uh, mechanisms and, and support for wow. enabling third-party device accessibility through Alexa. Alexa can cook. I'm in love. Jeez. That's amazing. Please. Yes, Jolyn. Okay. Okay. I felt really am in the dark in more ways than one about a lot of the terms that are being used today. I had never heard of the top set box or set top box, whichever one it is. So I do have spectrum, and so my question is for Mark. Do I have to have that box to be able to get audio description, and then do I have to have a special remote to be able to use it? And if I get that special box installed, will the person who comes out know all about audio description? <laughs> Great question. So you don't have to have the special box, but the Spectrum, the new Spectrum Guide is the best box to have. You also, Roku, it works with Roku. It also works over our new app on the Apple TV. So there's a couple of ways you can do it, but I also will give you my card so you can call me. If we should transfer you over to the new box. You, um, there is several types of remotes that are available that will help you turn audio description on. We are actually in research for a new remote that will be released in 2020 that we're researching now to make it, um, looking at all types of uh, disabilities to make sure they're easy to turn on and off uh, from the remote. 
So, but we do actually have two remotes. We have a big button remote and another remote that will work with your current set-top box to do those things. But I'm going to give you my card, and that way we can have a technician talk to you over the phone, and then we can get out to your house and do what we need to do. Excellent. Okay. Thank you. Let, let's move to the gentleman at that table there and then uh, tie things off with Chris uh, in the front here. Yeah, I'll have a question for uh, Comcast. I have uh, DirecTV, but, you know, when it rains, it, it uh, doesn't work so well. And I've tried to uh, talk to people with Comcast and was told that I have to give up my AT&T um, internet to get the X1 set-top box with audio description. And I've talked to other people, consumers here, and they said, oh, no, we, you don't have to do that. So I'm getting conflicted info, and I want to switch over. But with AT&T, I have all my emails and, uh, you know, Alexa and everything all set up, and the Victor's with AT&T. And it'd be, I'd have to get, you know, assistance to try to switch everything over. So I was just wondering, isn't there a way to get, to go from direct to Comcast without having to give up AT&T? Can I could still have AT&T and don't have to bundle it? Sure. So when it rains, it pours, right? Um, right. So, <laughs> so um, yes, you, you can do this. This also came up uh, uh, earlier in another uh, conversation that I was having with a, with a member of ACB. Uh, so X1 is the platform or the operating system for the home that we decided to implement all of the accessibility on. Accessibility, uh, X1 rather, um, does a lot of different things, right? It's your TV set-top box. It controls your home security, your home automation system. You can arm and disarm right mm -hmm. from the box. You can control your home broadband network, your Wi-Fi network, who's right. on your network, all of that, all through the box. You can watch YouTube, Amazon, Netflix. Mm -hmm. so, so you can see that the box does have an internet component to it. And sometimes if you're not talking to our support center for customers with disabilities, and I'm even learning there might be some new hires within that center that are a little bit confused, um, we do make, ex we don't advertise this necessarily because of the, some of the features, if you were to go in that direction, uh, like YouTube, if you didn't take the internet, um, you might not be able to uh, access because uh, of the way it's constructed. Um, but if you're just looking for the TV service uh, to get audio description, to get voice guidance, which is our talking TV interface, to use our voice remote, uh, you can do that. And so uh, if we can now, can you also connect after yeah. this so we, we don't hold up the panel, oh, yeah. uh, I definitely great. will be happy to talk to you. I'll, I'll wait here and have you come up, and we'll uh, get you set up with the right people that can help. That's great, Tom. Thank you so much. And uh, Chris in the front here, audio editor extraordinaire. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, hello, and thank you for all of you for doing this. Um, so, uh, so many questions in so little time. Let's let's go with um, Peter. Um, I have a Prime Video and. I happen to know that the new Star Trek series that are coming out will be distributed via Amazon 
internationally, and I, I, I'm in the description industry. I work for AudioWise, uh, which is a description company. I'm, I'm the supervising engineer over there. And um, we, uh, so I'm aware of the distribution difficulties, but my question is, um, do you think there might be a way, since you'll be handling those titles internationally, and since you have uh, CBS All Access as one of your Amazon channels to either talk with, with CBS or, or to uh, somehow back translate or, or bring the description back so that uh, people in the U.S. who have CBS All Access who unfortunately do not describe any of their content that way, um, to bring it back to the United States and, and basically pass through that audio description that's available internationally. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Let's, let's talk after. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I mean, there, there are, there are, there are um, it's stunning how complex country-by-country um, country video rights are. Yeah. And I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, that's for that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, we are after four o'clock here by a couple of minutes. So please join me in thanking this fantastic panel. Maybe and maybe next year we'll have a panel just with Zach Bastian from Verizon. And <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but thank you for your presentation, Zach. It was great. <laughs> thank you all for being here. We're going to pick up with our second panel in just about 15 minutes. So uh, Clark, Clark Rackville from ACB will be leading a session on audio description advocacy. Kim Charlson, Tony Stevens, Larry Walk, Will Shell, and Carl Richardson. Thanks, everybody.